Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, coming up in the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about Zeke and how effective he has been. If he is still showing you all the reasons you would pay him all the money he played. There's an interesting little article in the uh, Dallas Morning News that Michael Gelkin wrote about a specific plan. I know you guys remember it where Zeke was on the outside and had Travis in front of him. And he cut back inside. It was a 12-yard game, but if he'd gone outside, he might have gone all the way with it. Mm-hmm. And Zeke is talking about that. And one thing that I didn't notice at the time, maybe you guys did, did you guys see Travis get mad at Zeke after that play? I saw it in the replay. It looked like he was, I don't know if he was mad at Zeke or just frustrated that there was more yards there to, to be had. But uh, he definitely looked frustrated afterwards. Yeah, may, I mean, the words used in this article are visibly upset. So yeah. maybe I'm... So I, in the Cowboy Hour, we actually asked Zeke about that. Uh, what he said? And I asked him, I said, I said from TV, I, and I tried to couch it in a way that's not saying, you didn't go outside. But I was like, on TV, it looked like there was space to the outside. And he was like, yeah. He, he's like, I regret that one. That's one where I cut it up inside, and I should have gone outside. But he got, at the time, he was like, you don't really see it. And then you see it on film, and you're slapping yourself in the face going, why didn't I see it? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the whole idea of a running back. Think about how we talk about running backs and we devalue them or whatever. But it's very interesting. They just go and they go off field. They don't have enough time to go, well, here he is. Right. Like very few. Maybe Le'Veon Bell runs that patiently where he can see things. But everything's on instincts with running backs. And, and they're you'd like in to it. See a little, you'd like to see Zeke have a little better vision at times. But yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting, that whole play, because it was uh, wide open on TV, and then he saw it in film, and it was like, crap. Yeah, they're, they're, they're down in it. It is hard to see everything in front of them. All right, uh, our friends over at Ford, and they are the best in Texas, as you know, are now sending us out to the star. We're joining us as our good buddy, David Hellman. How are we doing today, David? Hey, guys. I'm great. Awesome. Good. I like when you're in a good mood. I like when you're feeling good. What uh, Did you take anything in particular out of the Garrett presser? Sure didn't. <laughs> um, I mean, some guys that are hurt are still hurt and probably won't practice. But uh, I think the writing's kind of been on the wall about that for a minute. So, yeah, not really. All right. So I want to talk about why the Cowboys are off to these slow starts. The last three weeks in the first half, they've been outscored 47 to 9. And then in the second half, they've turned things around. They've outscored their opponent 47-23 in the second half the last three weeks. Why do you think they're getting off to such slow starts? I wish I had a better answer for you. Like it's there's there's two things that always strike me as like very important questions that don't have great answers. That's one of them. Then the other one is like, well, why aren't you getting more takeaways? It's like, uh, I don't know, because there's like nine million variables that go into this game, and and if you don't hit them right, then you know you don't wind up catching interceptions. You you wind up falling behind ten nothing. Um, it's it's really weird. Like. And it, it's both sides of the ball. You know, the offense had the takeaways against Green Bay. Uh, they couldn't get moving against the Jets. And all of a sudden, your defense has given up uncharacteristic chunk plays. Um, I fall somewhere between, like, you know, are they not in the right mental headspace? Like, does that fall on the coach? And are they just not 
playing up to their capabilities. Like, like I said, it's it's something that I struggle to kind of answer, but it obviously <laughs> needs to fix itself if they're going to snap out of this losing streak. As you've gone in and looked at all this, Hellman, uh, how much focus have you put on the defensive line? Because I saw an interesting thing yesterday where both Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn are in the top five in the league of defensive ends that have been double teamed. Start doing the math on that and figure out how the hell that works. I mean, your first inclination is to go, so nobody inside is doing anything ever? And as we try to figure out ways to get more pressure on the quarterback and maybe that leads to the, the turnover discussion, what, what, do you, what is your general vibe about what is happening up front with the Cowboys defensively? Yeah, and I mean, that's been a topic of conversation going back to the very beginning of the season is, you know, there's there's people that'll tell you Demarcus Lawrence got his money and disappeared. There's people, smarter people, in my opinion, who take a closer look and understand what all's going on. I don't know that anybody had a great game against the Jets, and some of that is, you know, kudos to the Jets for – calling quick passes and running an offense that uh, mitigated the Cowboys' ability to rush the passer. Why the Cowboys can't do stuff like that on their offensive end, I'm not quite sure. But uh, you got to give them credit there. And, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, the interior of the line, the linebackers, you know, we've seen Jalen Smith blitz a little bit more often this season than we've been used to. It hasn't been working with any great regularity. Um but they're going to have to find a way around it. I think Demarcus Lawrence has been playing well, but the truth of the matter is, like, this isn't going to change. And so they're going to have to get creative uh, to try to find ways to either get him one-on-ones or find favorable matchups for other guys because uh, even with giving credit to the Jets, there's got to be more you can do to put more pressure on the quarterback or else it's going to be a long season for your defense. So, obviously, lots of injuries. Amari Cooper, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Randall Cobb, Byron Jones, Anthony Brown. Cowboys are banged up everywhere. Which of those guys do you anticipate being able to go Sunday night? Honestly, uh, uh, Randall Cobb, maybe. Um, Tyron Smith, maybe. Like, right now on Thursday, it's hard to feel optimistic that a ton of those guys are going to play. I mean, the cornerbacks are dealing with hamstrings kind of need that to play the position that involves the most running and the most pure speed of any of them. Um, Lyell, you know, God bless him for trying. He sprained his MCL. I mean, that was the same thing that sidelined Antoine Woods for three weeks. Uh, Cooper, you know, we'll see. But, again, you know, he's he's not expected to practice today. And typically you want to be moving toward practice by Thursday. In some cases, you know, if you can get out there Friday, that that's fine. And maybe he can, but – it's hard to feel a ton of optimism, like I said, about anybody except maybe Cobb and maybe Tyron Smith just because he's such a tough guy. Talking to David Hellman here on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Whenever these quarterbacks play each other, we get back into the discussion of the best quarterbacks of that draft. And Goff and Wentz and Prescott are always grouped together. Sometimes you put one over the other. Where do you currently stand on those three? Oh, wow. Um, Man... I think the world of of Carson Wentz, like when he's healthy and doing his thing, it's hard to bet against him. Uh, yep. I actually I made that point on our podcast yesterday. Is like, I th- I think the world of Dak too. You know, I'm a I'm a staunch Dak defender. KT can tell you anybody that's familiar with my work knows how I feel about Dak Prescott. But when you watch them on tape, 
you can see why one of them went number two overall and could have gone number one overall, and you see why one of them was a day three guy. Like, God bless Dak, but Carson Wentz just has the raw physical ability to do some crazy things. I mean, he's the type of guy that can be falling backward on one foot and launch a 35-yard dime uh, that gets where it needs to go in a hurry. And there's only, you know, there's only three or four guys in the league that can make those types of throws, and most of them were drafted in the top five and not in the fourth round. So um, I think it's I think it's really close, though. Like, Dak's intangibles and his growth as a quarterback can't be underestimated. I'd probably give a slight edge to Wentz, but uh, I certainly don't think it's this massive gap between the two of them when you consider everything. I think I kind of have Goff pretty distantly in third right now. See, I have uh, Prescott number one and always, not always have, but have the last couple seasons, and I really believe in him. The only reason I wouldn't have Wentz number one is because of the injuries. But my question and that's, is. And that's valid, too. I mean, and you got to weigh all that stuff. Like, yeah, Dak's never missed a game. Um, so, yeah, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you well, off. No, no, that's okay, and I think, I think it ties into this. But my question is, whenever I've ever said anything nice about Wentz on Twitter, man, do people come after you? So there you are on a Cowboys on Cowboys programming, speaking uh, honestly about how you feel about Wentz. Does did the Cowboys fans come after you pretty violently after something like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, be, I mean, fans. You know, not everybody. I, I don't. I don't mean to generalize, but like you know, fans are fanatical, and like any any nice word about somebody else is taken as like a jab at, at the Cowboys, which is just so far from the truth, but that's how people hear things. I mean, uh, you can, again, you can ask anybody. I think the world of Aaron Rodgers. he's probably just from an objective standpoint of watching football. He's probably my favorite player to watch play football in the NFL right now. And Cowboys fans hate hearing that, uh, (laughs) because he's had their number for so many years. So you know, I get labeled as a Rodgers lover. I get labeled as a Wentz lover. But like I said, I mean, there's also plenty of people who hate how highly I speak of Dak because uh, you know how he likes to divide people's opinions as well. So I think it all balances out in the end. So in terms of one guy who's improved the most and one guy who's regressed the most, who would you who would you nominate for each of And if you have multiples, that's fine. But in terms of Cowboys who've stepped up and Cowboys who've stepped back, who would you have on those lists? Well, stepped up is not a great way to phrase it this week because he did he chunked up kind of a clunker against the Jets, but I still I'm very impressed by how far Michael Gallup has come from this point in his rookie season to now. Uh, you know, he was averaging 113 yards per game. Like I said, you know, few drops last week was not his finest effort. Uh, he's going to need to be better, especially if Amari Cooper's not available. But I do think he's made some really impressive strides. Um, and then, you know, as far as stepping back, I think we've talked about it a lot. The Cowboys need more from these two linebackers. Uh, Jalen Smith just got a hefty contract. Leighton Vander Esch was an all-pro and a first-round pick. Uh, they haven't been terrible, but they are not playing like the – you know, playmaking strengths of the defense that they were billed to be. You know, people were saying, oh, man, these guys might be better than Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. This might be the best linebacker tandem in the NFL. And they look fine to this point in the season, which that's not what they're supposed to be. Uh, is, so. De- is Devin Smith just going to end up having like a quick Bryce Butler career here? I mean, I really had some excitement going into the season and he had a big play downfield. And then he wasn't even active last week. I mean, I realize he's probably more important now that Cooper is definitively out. Do, do you feel like he can make a difference? 
Um, yes, but also, like, I kind of couch those expectations. Like, I mean, I'm not expecting him to just roar out of nowhere and be this highly coveted, unguardable receiver. I think he's a, he's a useful outside guy with top-end speed. We saw that against Washington. Um, and I, I do think, you know, if Amari Cooper can't go in this game, he'll certainly be active and he'll have a chance to make an impact. He was impressive in training camp. Um, I think he can help mitigate that, but I, I, I don't think he's going to make you forget about Amari Cooper. Or even, you know, if he was replacing Michael Gallup, I don't think he's going to make you forget about Michael Gallup. But uh, he'll certainly be more useful, you know, on the 46 as opposed to last week when he was inactive. Awesome stuff, Hellman. Thank you for your time, brother. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Love you. goes Dave Hellman, brought Love to you by Dave. Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. Dave. We're at Pluckers and Grapevine, and look at this. Walking in is the great Nui Scruggs from NBC5. Nui, how you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm, I'm running a bunch of errands. Yeah? So, yeah, and uh, this is not far from the, from the house, so I had to go take my kids' um, yeah, they got the raffles. You guys got the kids oh, yeah. So every, yeah, yeah. I got three different people fundraisers, so yeah. I had to take the money up there, fill it out, <laughs> make sure it's all right, take it up to the school. Then the older one had the volleyball game, and they get the Smoothie King smoothies. So I had to take the cooler back to Smoothie King. And now I get to do my part of I need to get laundry so I can wear something tonight on, on TV. So oh, so this is a work day for you. Yeah, so I'm like, okay. Oh, well, Pluckers are right along the way. So let me just stop. <laughs> you guys were at Goody Goody Liquor um, a while back, and that's down the road from my house, and I missed it. So I said, you know what? I got to go see my boys because they some bad boys. <laughs> it's more difficult to stop by a liquor store before you got to go into work than a delicious wing place. You, you know, I don't drink, so it, it's, it's one of those things. I know where it is, but I'm not the dude who's ever going to roll in there and buy anything. Thing, so I've, I've got a question this kind of let's round table this you've got three kids Ben's got three kids I have two kids they always have something going on in terms of fundraising yeah how often do you go to the friend well because the reason I ask is never the other day my wife goes oh my gosh so-and-so is asking again we just donated a month ago she's like can you do that can you go back to back months on that and I was like eh, whatever she's a good friend do it but that is that puts you in a tough dilemma man no no I don't I don't I, I grandma grandpa that's <laughs> right my, my parents are the absolute best so they they sent me a check yesterday and I filled it out <laughs> so so there was there was there's all good no my, my mom and dad are the best they want to so I don't ever have to do that but I'll say this I did that as a kid and one of the things I tell my kid Get, get on out there. Get, go, go do something. And so the, the eight-year-old ended up asking two neighbors who gave her uh, 80 bucks. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. But, no, you're right. Now we can't go hit them up next week. <laughs> right. And the other two can't go over there. Right. So it's like, all right, you know, you're, you're on the, they're on the X list. But you're right. <laughs> you can't keep showing up all the time. Yes. But, um, but I'll say this. My, my, my kids are good kids. And, when, and they wait till the end. They don't want to do it. And then they just want you to buy it. So we bought a bunch of candles. The other day, you'll use those. Yeah. yeah so, so, I'm, but, but I, t- I constantly say, go call your grandparents. They don't realize the power that they have with grandma and grandpa. Right. All right. Well, before we let you get out of here and get back to running your errands, getting back to your day, we got to ask the great Newey Scruggs: Is this nosedive uh, going to stop for the Cowboys? Are they going to be able to turn this around and save their season? I guess the question is, how much trouble are the Cowboys in? I think the problem. People like me jumped into last year and they were three and five. Hey, man, fire this dude. Mm-hmm. It's not going where it needs to go. 
what do they do well under Jason Garrett? They perform well when they put when they dig a hole and jump in it and they dig themselves out of it. That's when they they you know when we're dogging them and talking trash about them. They'll go out here and they'll win the, they'll win this game on Sunday because we're sitting here dogging them. So I don't know what it is, why they can't come out from jump and play and do it right. Jason Witten and I talked about this before. He said that was one of the things he was going to come back to this team and tell them, hey, we can't wait till our backs are against the wall to come out here and play. Well, now their backs are against the wall. Uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia had me on the other day. They were like, oh, Jason and Garrett on the hot seat. I was like, you know, we, I said, you guys, this is what you enjoy. But let me tell you, for 10 years we've been trying to put this dude on the hot seat, but it don't work. He is the white Wayne Fonts. You can't kill him. <laughs> He's going to rise up whenever you think he's done. This is what he does. I said, and I blame you guys for that because the moment you do it, Jerry backs him, and all of a sudden he rises up. So just stop talking about hot seat. Let it play out. That's what you got to do right now is let it play out. So, so do not count them out. Yeah. Just don't. Just don't. We know, we know this is when they perform at their – I don't know whether that's when he pulls out the fight shirts uh-huh. and the driven cups. Right. <laughs> but so, but do you guys, do you guys, so the other thing, too, is when you've got a guy that's been around for a decade, eventually the message of resiliency wears off. Eventually, if they don't win this game, I don't know that they dig out of this. They, I, I, sorry ben, to do a stop, must, stop, I, stop. Sorry to do a must win in week okay, seven. Okay, Ben Skim, I'll tell you what, stop. We did this last year. Yes. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Let it play out, okay? Mm-hmm. Let it play out. I thought for sure. Three and five. Got him. Right. Go. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Right. Stop. Yeah. Let it play out. His fate will be determined after 16 games. Well, they're certainly not going to fire him. Well, and I don't any know. opportunity that Jerry has to bring him back, you know he's going to look for it and find it. During the season, yes. His contract's up. At the end of the year, he, if, you're right. But, but Going into the year, I said if they don't make it to the Super Bowl or lose in the NFC Championship game in a super competitive way, like, hey, we lost by three or a last-second touchdown, that he was gone. We can't say that because I believe we, that. if there's any light, Jerry's going to take that little bit of light and find it. Think of how, how, how far the bar's been lowered now from Jerry and Steven that they want to say, you know what, we were down, but we fought back. Hey, you and I didn't grow up with that kind of cowboy stuff. Hey, right, man, no. we get slapped around in the first half, right. but, you know, we came back. Yeah. I almost won it. I believe, I believe this is right. different because I think Steven looks out there and goes, man, I put this team together. They're supposed to be winning. At the, and at the end of the year, if this is a 7-9 team, if this is a team that doesn't go where we think it will, then I think it will be that time for the change. Right. But we've got to get there. And yeah. right now, we're talking about this. They're still in first place. Mm-hmm. They have the opportunity to do everything we think. If you guys ever tape or get to watch America's team, that's where the NFL Films does the whole year-ender with the Super Bowl team. My gosh, when you look at these things for, for one full hour, you realize there are some downs in a season. Oh, yeah. They're just the downs. I mean, go back to the year, because you guys are MAV experts, go back to 2011. When Karan was playing, I said, this is the best Mavericks team I've ever seen. And Karan gets hurt, and you're thinking, Man, it's not going to be what it is. And what happens at the end of the year? Yeah, they pulled it they're, together. They're standing there on top. Right. So I'm just saying, do not start writing obituaries and counting this, thing, this team out. They're 
10 football games to be played. And at the end of these 10 games, we'll have a better idea of what it is. But do not start digging his grave because uh. I dug it last year and I look foolish. So I'm just going to wait. <laughs> I'm going to wait and, and, and let's see what happens and what happens. But, but man, when we talk bad about it, I don't know whether they're friends and their wives don't give them none or something, but everybody want to come <laughs> yeah. out and play a good game and win on Sunday. And hopefully they do because contrary to popular belief, we in the media like these guys to win because our job is oh, easier. Yeah. Yeah. This town is better when they win. Yep. Right. Um, you know, I worked with you guys here. The fan, this is the home of the Cowboys. It makes the interviews with Jerry and Jason. It makes them all better when they're winning. Nobody wants to come out here and clobber these guys upside the head yeah, week true. after week. So I think that's one of the things people get. Mixed. I mean, we got the game on Channel 5. You think I want to see him get dragged? want to see him right. get that dub. You hey, know, it makes it better. Thank you so much for stopping by. We love you. It means the world to us. Keep doing the great work you're doing oh, on you NBC guys keep Five doing what you're and, uh, doing man you keep doing what you're doing ben your podcast with i mean uh skin your podcast with michael young was so good thank you i appreciated just being able to hear something different yeah thank you man you know and and, and uh we'll, we'll dive in we'll dive into it one day about a couple things because uh some of it is is i'm like mm, this one this one here there's a little more to go into it but yeah. boy you know, get Ron Washington on, please. Oh, God, that'd be incredible. I mean, seriously. That, that He's up for the Padres job. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Hey, thank you, guys. Going. Love you, too. The great Newey Scruggs. Whoop, whoop. All right, coming up next, our college football preview. Then the two biggest issues the Cowboys are facing. Are they fixable? That's all coming up on the Ben and Skin Show, live from Pluckers and Grapevine on 105.3 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, what a day, what a day, what a day. And don't forget, another incredible day is coming up on, uh, let's see, that is going to be Saturday, October 26th, from noon to 4. Good day, Texas hey. Live in Arlington. That's going to be incredible. anniversary, our 10-year anniversary. Family-friendly. Come hang out with us at Texas Live, Saturday, October 26th, from noon to 4. Jalen Smith's going to be there. Charles Haley's going to be there. Lots of other special guests, and it's free. Free to park, free to enter. Uh, all you got to do is pay for your own food and drinks, which you do anyway. So come join us at Faniversary. It's going to be awesome. That is going to be Saturday, October 26th from noon to 4 at Texas Live. All right, coming up momentarily, we're going to get into the two biggest issues that the Cowboys have. Are they fixable? But before we do, let's do a little college football as we take a look at all the matchups this weekend with our college football preview. And let's start with the games that are at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Number three, Clemson at Lewis at Louisville. Yeah, Clemson's pretty much set because they're not going to really play anyone. Uh, and we've seen Clemson over the last few years have one scare. They already had their scare. It was Mac Brown in North Carolina. So I don't think we're going to have much of a game. It's a huge line on this game. And Clemson, along with whatever happens with Bama and LSU and Oklahoma and Ohio State, I mean, Clemson's pretty safe when it comes to getting to the Final Four just because – the schedule, but I think that they're sleepwalking, and I think something wild is going to happen. Now, I don't know that it's going to happen this week. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I, I, something is in their future. They, don't, don't you agree they have – Something is in all of I our like futures. Okay. I'm talking, I'm talking about a stumble. Don't you agree that they have way underwhelmed all year long? That's what I'm saying. They had their stumble, and I think now it's go time. You think they've put it back together? I think so. Okay. 
But but I like what you're saying. I just think they're I, I think they're incredibly underwhelming for what our expectation yeah. level was for that team. For sure. I think something's in both teams' future. <laughs> I think if you really look at it. I think a deuce is in our three future. Uh, West Virginia at number five, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is going to destroy this team. So there's nothing left that Oklahoma's got to do except beat UT a second time. Technically, they do have 6-0 Baylor in a few weeks. Okay, Baylor is an underdog to uh, Oklahoma State this week. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. I think We'll this, get to that game. We'll get to that game. But, yeah, yeah um, so West uh, Texas manhandled West Virginia at West Virginia. Oklahoma's about to destroy uh, them. The most positive thing I can say about Oklahoma is now that they've got rid of Mark Stoops and they've got Grinch as the defensive coordinator, they're allowing 20 points per game. And for Oklahoma, that's all they need. They're, I think they're 30th in the nation in, uh, team, in points per game defense. Like, hey, that's fine at Oklahoma. Because they're going to drop 45. they're going to score. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I think they'll roll too. Yep. All right, next game on the docket, Iowa State at Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is always boop, boop, the boop, national boop, champion. Boop, 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 boop. I, mean, I thought we had our drops. Hold on, I thought we had our drops back. We kind Do we of have, have our drops back or don't we? Yeah, we got them. Uh, left computer right now, though, is not working. Unbelievable. Yeah. So Shipping play it like, fired. I can play it like a low level it's, here. Like we're still, it's like Breaking Bad. We're still cooking the meth, but the purity level's not 99. Oh, right, yeah, right. Will we left Texas computer Tech is always the national champion. Now, Will no, left yeah, computer one day have the same notoriety as left shark? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope not, because that would mean something bad happened. I'd rather just. No, left shark was on point. I would dude. rather the left computer just do what it was doing for all these right years. Right now, left quietly hiding underneath the. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed until that drop didn't happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about that one. Tech's out of it, so. Oh, shots fired. Yeah, they lost in Baylor. All right. Tough one, man. Let's move on to the 130 game, and that is TCU at Kansas State. I just wanted you to mention that game so the TCU fans don't get mad for us not talking about them. They don't matter this year. No, they don't. That's a, and all, a lot of college football teams don't matter because college football is a stupid format. Do you realize how bitter that I mean, TCU people are that they really don't matter in a year where Baylor unexpectedly went into the top 25? I mean, that is the double pin down right yeah. there. But the go-to move of any college fan base Hey, but this recruiting class. Yeah, got man. Right. You, you, guys, have you guys seen the, the websites? I'm not a huge Gary Patterson fan. Why? Oh, whoa. <laughs> well. Didn't, I didn't say I wasn't a fan. I said I'm not yeah, a you huge did. fan. I'm uncomfortable with the extra short football coach as it is. <laughs> Patterson's about 5'6", isn't he? Why? I don't know. It's, it's just, weird. It's weird. Wait, why is he shorter? Why am I uncomfortable with that? I want, I want a big... Menacing, oh. at least at least average height. You're like Coach O, a guy who's gonna rip a table. Yeah, apart. dude, I want a guy that looks like Jabba, or at least he's six feet tall. <laughs> There's something in TCU's future, and it is more <laughs> irrelevance. Uh, all right, let's move on to the 2:30 games. Number two, LSU at Mississippi State. So I was listening to a podcast that our buddy Dane Brugler did. Uh, it's called, it called the mail room, and he's uh, taking questions. Oh. And the question that came to him that was, he's mailing it in? if the Sounds top like three. Sounds like a Kalashaw podcast. <laughs> 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 Is it the top three? <laughs> who would the top three picks be if today was the day? And he's like, well, there's a long way to go. And he couches it with his normal disclaimer. And he goes, I would say probably Tua to the Dolphins. And then I would say probably Joe Burrow to the Bengals. I'm high on it. And then dude. I would say Chase Young of Ohio State to the Redskins. So Burrow's there. Uh, LSU scoring 52 points per game. Uh, and everyone was going, but they haven't played a good defense yet. And they went and put 42 up against Florida last week. 
I've, just, I've run out of things you can knock on this team. Their defense is not great like we're used to it being, but their offense doesn't suck like we're used to it being. LSU is a team I want to win the national championship. I'm pulling for them. I absolutely am pulling for them. I'm locked in on that, dude. And I think it's really cool for – I mean, you look at LSU's recent history, right? Defensive team, we got problems. All right, let's go pluck from the Saints and fix our offense. Take an innovative mind, yes. a young innovative mind, yes. put him in there, empower him, yes. and then go. I love it. So after this for LSU, they've got uh, number 11 Auburn at home, and then they have to go to Alabama. Big one with Auburn next week, and then to Alabama will, you know, this is the this is the one year I think you were getting a little more, and I saw this three weeks ago, National pundits chiming in going, heck, this may be the year that LSU is able to do it, to finally go beat Alabama. You know what so. would be great, too, is I think the way it would all shake down is if they actually did pull off the Alabama win. Well, wait, who then would be in the SEC championship game? The like, other side. Yeah. so then Georgia, they would, likely. Probably so Mizzou. That, no. You know what would happen there is more than likely in the semi-round, they'd still let Alabama in because they're Alabama. Yeah, and don't you Alabama. think Alabama would play Clemson first? Um, They're not going to make LSU play him again. Probably go Alabama if Ohio State's number four. It depends whoever number four is yeah. or number three is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I doubt they would put Alabama LSU first round. They would right. separate that. Right, yeah. All right, next game, number 12, Oregon at number 25, Washington. Both teams coming off big, impressive victories. Washington beat Arizona 51-27. Oregon beat Colorado 45-3. we got an 80% chance of rain in this bad boy, so get ready for some uh, crazy field conditions. For Herbert at Oregon, he lost his favorite target, the tight end Breland, who was leading the team in catches, touchdowns, all that stuff. He was a draft prospect. Lost him for the year. We'll see how Herbert reacts. People are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. 17 touchdowns, one interception this year. He's completing 70% of his passes. Story came out yesterday. It's the worst thing, but it's also content food for the table. Uh, The anonymous scout came out and was like, oh, Herbert looks the part, but he's going to get someone fired. And I'm like, well, what? maybe give the kid a chance. Let's, he's going to get an NFL coach fired? Let's give the kid a chance. He's going to get drafted. It's also something I read about Washington. So at their stadium, they, their athletic director, they put it all together, and they're like, hey, we're our number one priority this year is fan empowerment. So they're asking people to go do a survey. At the game, they'll put a big message on the board. And they're asking people to do a survey on these things. The talent. Did you like the national anthem? The PA announcer, the band, the mascot, the cheerleaders, yes. that in-game DJ. Did you like the in-game elements, special effects, <laughs> stuff like that? Did you like the technical aspect? Did you have Wi-Fi? They're asking all these people, like, how was your parking? Did you have a good interaction with the security guard? They're trying to make the game day experience better and build that thing back up. There's nothing a drunk college football fan likes to do more than fill out an online survey. (laughs) All right, we're out of time. So which of these games do you most want to talk about? Temple at number 19, SMU. Nope. Number 18, Baylor at Oklahoma State. Yep. Temple's 5-1, by the way, aren't they? Is is this SMU's last biggie? I could do them all in 30 seconds. Do it. SMU has Temple – Houston, Memphis, East Carolina, Navy, and Tulane. Temple's 5-1. and one. This is for the conference title, in yeah. my estimation. This yeah. is winner of this game wins the conference. Temple allows only 19 points per game. Baylor is going to lose to Oklahoma State at yeah. Oklahoma State because mm-hmm. their coach can't keep his tongue in his mouth. That's North Texas got a big rebound game against Middle Tennessee. Who? Well, Arizona State and Utah is interesting. Utah's handling up on business. No one's taking the Sun Devils seriously, but I really want the cartoon character Herm Edwards to have success. And uh, Texas plays. Kansas, no worries. That's a route. A&M, no one cares anymore about them because they lose too many games. Michigan at Penn State, this could be the dagger. Harbaugh has to have this game. 
We're going to say that about all big games. Has to have this one. I feel one like I've been Penn saying State. that about every game for three years with him. You're getting it again. Okay. Got to have it. All right. Got to have good, Mizzou ben. versus Vanderbilt, too. You know, Vanderbilt does have a pretty good tight end. Don't, do not acknowledge that. Don't they acknowledge they that. Tight end. Man, I hope we'd lost that drop, drop. I was really wanting that one to be gone forever. It does sound like Shippy singing on it, though. Doesn't that sound yeah. like Shippy it singing, really does. boys? Yeah. It really does. We All right. Shut up. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for rolling with us. Coming up next, let's take a deeper look at that Dallas Cowboys defense and figure out those problems there. Let's do it right. Uh, let's do it next. Right. From the Pluckers and Grapevine on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. We are at Pluckers and Grapevine, and it's pretty cool, man. We got a lot of listeners stopping by. Yeah. Taking pictures during commercial breaks. We love that. We love meeting you. If you uh, loyally support what we've been doing here at 105.3 The Fan, then, then you are family uh, if you're a Tolo. So we greatly appreciate you coming out here. And to that end, we have a, a celebration for Tolos, the 10-year anniversary of the fan. Fan anniversary is coming up Saturday, October 26th from noon to 4 at Texas Live. Yeah, and, you know, that's a good opportunity if you have a problem with any of our opinions to come in person and we can talk it out. I like this one, Ben. This guy tweets in and says, 5'9 is the height of the average male beanpole. And then he put, <laughs> hashtag angry short guy take. Uh, as I just said, I, I need Gary Patterson to be taller. I really do. I just I can't deal with a 5'6 football coach. It's tough. It's really? Tough. Just, Can you deal with a 5'6 basketball coach? Hell no. Oh, unless it's Jeff Van Gundy. That's what I was going to say. So Jeff you Van love Gundy. Van Gundy. I am on board with Van Gundy. Not so much Frank Vogel. Yeah, it's tough. I, I love the guy, too, that said uh, from the 817, I, I started to get mad about that last TCU take y'all had, but crap, y'all are right. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. It sucks when your team is in a hole. I mean, hell, we were living in Cowboy land. All right, I want to get into the two biggest things that are ailing the Cowboys. Now, first and foremost, I think it's injuries, and – that's a no-brainer. It's yeah. uh, Amari Cooper is going to be out this week, most likely, with the quad. Tyron Smith with the high ankle. He's a maybe. A.L. Collins with the sprained MCL. He's probably out. Randall Cobb. Is it a back issue for him? Is it's it a back, but I think everyone's starting to feel uh, better about him, although he didn't practice today, or at least he wasn't on the field for the media's portion of uh -huh. practice today. I think the, what I was told of the four guys, the Cooper, Lyle, Tyron, Cobb is most likely to go. I think of, you know, if we're starting to make a list of veterans that uh, need a Cowboy Wednesday or a Cowboy Thursday, Cobb is high on that list. I don't need him practicing, man. I just no. need him there on Sunday. Yeah. And then Byron Jones and Anthony Brown, both with hammy issues, are they practicing today? Uh, they were not there for the media portion. That doesn't mean they didn't practice, but at least the, the first 30 minutes or so that the media is out there, they were not there. Okay. Now, uh, KT, if you'd be so kind, pull up the NFL standings. All right. Because I want to. I, I saw some numbers today that I, I thought were very compelling, and it's not. It's not anything that we haven't kind of discussed before. And and look, I, I think we spent a lot of time talking about the Cowboys' offensive issues. I don't know why. It's just sexier. It's just easier to talk about. You know, we we spend a lot of time having to talk about Dak this year, which is unnecessary. None of us feel like Dak is part of the problem he's part of the solution but it's what people focus on I think the most I think what people should be focusing on is the defense the Cowboys defense is is their biggest issue outside of injuries in my opinion and it's not something new it's the biggest issue for them in my opinion and I think in a lot of people's opinion is that they are just not good at getting turnovers and if you go look at the teams that are leading the league in turnovers well all around the top you've got some of the best teams in the game New England Patriots, they're, 
they're still undefeated, right? Yeah, yep. six and zero. Oh. They lead the league in takeaways. They've got sixteen of them, fourteen interceptions. The Cowboys have two. You guys, so listen to this. They got the reason they beat the Bills is because Josh Allen threw four picks. They got more interceptions in that game than the Cowboys got all year long. That was a game the Patriots didn't score a touchdown on their offense. They had a special teams touchdown, and the rest of it was they just kept getting turnovers, and that was the difference in that game. They didn't even score an offensive touchdown. So of the Cowboys' two interceptions this year, one was the deflection that Cheeto got, right? Mm-hmm. One was a ball thrown right at Jordan Lewis. If yep. you watch the Patriots play, you see balls flying up in the air all game long, like deflections. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just all around the ball at all times, and it's just you see it. It's it, you can't miss it. There's always deflections, people tipping balls, and just a lot of more opportunities. You see it. Yeah, and it's it's and it you know interceptions. The Cowboys are uh, you know the inter- uh, the the Patriots are the best in the league at, at 14. Uh, the, the Cardinals have none. The Jaguars and Dolphins have one apiece. What do all those teams have in common? They suck. Yeah. Uh, the Colts have two, and the Cowboys have two. The Bengals have two, and the Falcons have two. And the Patriots have 14. Then if you look at uh, fumble recoveries, all right, because, hey, those are important as well. Well, uh, if you look at the Cowboys, they're somewhat middle of the road with right. three. But there are teams that have eight. Detroit has eight. The Steelers have seven. The Bears, Seattle, the Bucks have six. The Panthers, the Texans, they have six. And so if you look at total takeaways, the Patriots are the best overall. They've got 16. And so they're using that to their advantage. Second in the league tied are the Panthers and Steelers. All right, so those may be a little bit of outliers as they're having issues in other places, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Panther. I mean, the Steelers' offense is going to be – they're on their fourth quarterback. Right. And yeah. then the, uh, the 49ers are next, and guess what? They're undefeated. They've got 12, right? Their defense is good, Their dude. defense is awesome, yeah. Seattle's got 12. You know, it's like, okay, well, you're starting to see what's going on here. And so for the Cowboys – their lack of defense and, and getting takeaways is, is not helping their offense. You look at these other teams and they're getting takeaways, and you look at the way it impacts things. Well, we just talked about the 49ers, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Lions. All those teams are doing so freaking well at getting turnovers, right? Yes. The Cowboys aren't. Well, here's the result of that. When you go out and you get turnovers, you make life easier on your offense. This season – in terms of drives starting in an opponent's territory, the 49ers lead the world. They've had 13 of their drives start in their opponent's territory. The Patriots have had 12. The Steelers and Lions have had 10. Even the Eagles have had nine. Have the Cowboys even started in their opponents? The Cowboys have had 60 drives. Not one of yeah. their drives has started in their opponent's territory. That's because horrible. It's, it's unbelievable. That means there's no big plays happening on special teams. And the turnovers, you know, the, the fumble recovery that I remember the most, the Jalen Smith one stopped. You know, they were in the red zone when that happened. Um, and so, you know, usually when you get a, a turnover, there's also some seismic shift in field position to go along with it. Not always. Obviously, but a lot of times there are, and the Cowboys haven't even benefited from that. There's been no special teams plays that have shifted field position. It's all season long, all been incumbent upon Dak to move the ball down the field. And that's where we go to what Ben was saying, though, like, okay, so we've spent all this time talking about the offense, but we need to focus on the defense. But what this does 
is makes the offense have to be perfect, not only when you get behind in games, but also when you don't have good field position and you're not getting little advantages and getting uh, just a little changes in momentum where you get a, get the ball on a short field. You don't get that, so you need the offense to be perfect. Well, how can I help the offense be perfect? I would like for my head coach and offensive coaching staff, and I'm going to put it on the head coach, it's on him, who's an offensive guy, to give my team an advantage. I would like him to help give my team an advantage, and it doesn't happen. So it's all on those guys on offense who are now missing four guys right. and who are, whose quarterback is getting pounded every single game now. And it's, it's all on those guys to be perfect, and that's, that's, that's not how it should work. It should all work together. We talked about what are the reasons that they've, they went 9-7 to, to and seven the other uh, 2017. What are the reasons? Well, it's a lot of different reasons. It is a lot of different reasons. It was mostly, though. It all the, comes together, but. Uh, it was mostly the Zeke thing hung over their head all year long. And then when he finally went away, he went away late in the season. That, that was what that season was marked by. Quite honestly, it was pretty incredible they went 9-7 and seven that year. I don't, I don't know what to do defensively because uh, we talked about the stat yesterday where Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence were top ten and getting double teams. I believe they were both top five, Maybe right? top five, getting yeah. at least in double teams. For, now, for edge rushers. That doesn't mean effectiveness. And it right. comes down, we've seen Quinn. We haven't seen DeMarcus Lawrence finish much. Uh, where's that other – where's it all coming from? Well, it's a team that doesn't like to blitz. Statistically, bottom half of the league ain't blitzing. And I'm not saying blitzing cures all issues, but you got to find another way to get a little action. Is and it, I don't know who that guy is because ain't Tyrone Crawford anymore. I don't know who it's going to be. Would it be possible to – and this may be stupid, taking one of your best players and moving him around. Would it be possible to occasionally put D-Law and Quinn on the same side? Oh, because I would, if do the Texans do stuff like that? If you're double teaming those guys, it's so easy to double team them or it's much easier when they're both on the outside. But if you put them both on the same side – Maybe that makes things more difficult. It's, it, absolutely. And this is something we did a, uh, a Cowboy Happy Hour a few weeks back. Who, um, who, it was Charles Haley. It was Charles Haley who made the point, who will be at Faniversary next Saturday, the 26th, at Texas Live. Then he said, uh, I would like for you know, DeMarcus Lawrence to move around and play the other side. Uh, I watched on the Monday night game with the Packers and Lions. Zadarius Smith is playing inside sometimes. They got three sacks on plays where he was lined up inside. Same side as Preston Smith. What if you did so this? So you're making a great point, what but if, they won't do that. What if you did this? What if you put Quinn outside of D-Law and had Jalen come up and fill that left side? It's a, and I, you had five guys on the line and make them figure out what they're going to do And next. you're compensating for a weakness right now on the inside, and Malik Collins would be that other guy. Hey, those are four guys. I'll put my money on getting some pressure with Jalen, Malik, DeMarcus, and, and Quinn, but they won't do that. I want to say this with as much respect as I possibly can. Uh-oh. You can say it because you said – with all due respect. With all due respect. Uh, you got to say yeah. that first. The Cowboys are in need of a defensive overhaul in terms of strategy, in terms of scheme. I agree. And I love Marinelli. I respect everything he's done. He's a great man. What? It's not a personal attack on him, but I think it's time for the Cowboys to update things. And, I mean, it sucks when Sam Darnold, who comes back from missing a month after having Mono, who's a super young quarterback, he comes out after the game. Was what the Cowboys did? What they always do. He wasn't trying to take a shot. Mm-hmm. He was just saying, "This is what they've always done. We knew what they were going to do, and this is what they did." Meanwhile, you listen to the TV broadcast, and Tony Romo sitting there telling you about how you know Greg Williams makes life so difficult for young quarterbacks because they don't know what in the hell's coming at them. Yeah. Right. It's uncomfortable at all times. It's the polar opposite. The Cowboys are just being as predictable as they can possibly be. And and the guys who are able to get around that are guys who know it's coming and they can move away from it. 
the guys who stand there in the pocket and can't do anything about it, if their guy's not open, they're not going to throw it. But when you're running Austin. around and you're extending plays, mm-hmm. that makes it difficult. And that's what we've seen. And this is a thing. It's not some, like, uh, just one-off thing from looking at this year. The, the quarterbacks who can move around have really hurt this defense over the years by extending plays. And a lot of it's because I think they know what's coming. All right. Ugh. Speaking of knowing what's coming, you don't know what's coming up next. It's a segment we've never done. We're stoked about it. It's called Headline Buffet. The first time we've ever done it, and it's next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Before we get there, I want to give you a chance to win $1,000 just for listening to our show. The word for this hour is diamond, D-I-A-M-O-N-D. Diamond is the word. Text that into 72881 for your chance to win $1,000. Your next chance to win will be in the noon hour, and you never know. It could be late. It could be early. It could be in the middle. The Ben and Skin Show continues live from Pluckers and Grapevine with Headline Buffet next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.